This is Right at the Fork, and it is our monthly update from Gary the Foodie. It's the August restaurant update. And uh, for a lot of people, this will just come weeks after they got his lowdown on what uh, places he recommends to check out in the Bay Area. Right, which was great. Yeah, that was, was great. pretty comprehensive. Mm-hmm. I have a question, though. Is Are we calling this Gary the Foodie, or are we calling this Gary now? Uh, it doesn't really matter either way. Doesn't, okay, because yeah, you either, can't find you on Instagram I, you know, now. Oh, yeah, again, you know, I'm a drama king, so who, do, who knows <laughs> whether he'll ever come back. I, I, didn't, no I didn't say it. I didn't say I it. I have no idea. It okay. may come back tomorrow. It may never come back. I don't have Twitter anymore either. I got. I, I built up to 150. I had 4,000, dumped it, <laughs> lost everyone. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're going to see you back someday as Gary the Foodie on I one or two so. of well, the I platforms. Know. We'll see. I don't know. Do we? Yeah, and I guess we don't want to talk about why why you're off again, on again and off again. Well, here's the thing: is like all that stuff aside, we get to check in with Gary once a month here on yeah. the podcast, right? And find out where he's been and, and what he can, thought. And you can check. You can also check in on Food Podcast PDX on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I got to the point, Gary, where you're eating. You know, you eat quite a bit. That I was starting to get notifications with every dish you ordered. It was like I was in the kitchen and I was going to pre- prepare it because. I'd see it. So there's a lot there. You're posting a lot on Instagram. Well, I, I, not as much as I would on my regular account. Right. Uh, maybe once or twice a day versus the regular account, which is probably twice as much. Sure. Right. And, yeah, but but there's still a lot there. Between this yeah. and now on the podcast, you get you talk about where you've been. Yeah. There's a lot of information, and honestly, I think it's nice to be able to tune in and hear where, you, where you've been in a 15, 20-minute soundbite. Um, as opposed to, uh, you know, people may or may not be able to follow you on an ongoing basis. They can, but here's where it all is recapped, and we're happy to bring it to you. So Thank you. Yeah, we're happy you do it. So, And then I get to throw a couple of mine in, too. Do you, Would you prefer that I throw mine in first? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, a couple of new places that I visited. And I wanted to have a little discussion. Gary, when you're out, you don't take free food. Everything that you post, you've paid for. Um, we're not paying well, for it. So well here's, here, well, here's the deal. I mean, to be more, I mean, sometimes someone will send me out a dish. Right. Well, that's going to happen. But you're not yeah. looking for free meals, and you're no. not. And by the way, on Instagram, you're never saying, "Hey, this was spectacular." So that's one thing. Well, something came up this weekend where I ordered a glass of wine. The chef sent out a new dish. Because the bill was so low, you know, because it was just a glass of wine, I added the cost of the dish to my bill and tipped off the total. So I didn't want to, I mean, it's one thing if it's a, you know, a $300 meal and someone sends out a dish. Right. And it's different if it's a $10 meal and someone sends out a dish. I felt a little awkward, so I, you know, I didn't say, hey, can you put it back on the tab? Instead, I just added the dish what the right. cost to the total. And, then and that, total. that's a different issue than I want to talk about, but that's an important issue because often in this town and people who are out in the industry, I guess, uh, they will get a dish. Chef sends out a dish. It's important to, uh, and that's very nice, it's important to add the value to that and tip on that. Because well, you know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, you, are you, well, some people won't, I mean, I, I've done it, I mean, where I get a, a dish, I, and I won't add it to the total, but, but yeah, tipping off the total, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Tipping off the total value yeah. of everything yeah, yeah. that you got, so it was yeah. nice. Or sometimes it's really nice to take the, the $12 or $15 that that dish was, and you really enjoyed it, and just tip the server. I know, 
I know that the you know restaurant owners would appreciate that too. Tip them that fifteen dollars. So, not yeah, that I do like, that all I the time, but it, if yeah. you're in a particular good mood and you've had a little to drink, that's not a bad thing. But what I really wanted to address is something I saw on uh, our friend and writer Michael Zisman's Facebook feed this weekend, or maybe even last week, um, that he was addressing people going to media dinners or or people who are given comp meals by publicists and so forth, and they're not disclosing that information when they post uh, positive feedback on a restaurant or a dish or anything. Um, And I think I've tried to over the years, from what we've talked about in this podcast, there's a mix for me of things I've certainly just gone out and enjoyed on my own, and also some comps I've been given either at media dinners with other people there, or in the case of one that I want want to mention now, where I was just invited to dinner and had a really, you know, it was a nice dinner, but it was free. Um, And I enjoyed it. And so... you know it was going to be free when you got there? It wasn't immediate. It was not immediate dinner from what I'm... No, no. So I went to La Lena, and Kate, the publicist there, had specifically invited me. I'd like you to enjoy it and come to dinner. I... I don't think she said it's going to be comped, but I expect that the way that was worded, yeah, that's probably going to be the case. And uh, and I'm not fishing for that kind of thing either. And if someone makes it, you know, emphatically asks me to do that, I'm thinking, well, that would be nice. It kind of, you know, it's it's a win-win. And so I enjoyed the food. It was, whether it was free or not, I enjoyed it. But it would, pro- and I'm not a reviewer. So if I were to review it, I'd want to pay for it myself because when you're reviewing, it's probably a good idea to put in context how much you enjoy something with what it costs. So, right. but I'm not a reviewer, so there's that. I'm a I'm generally a promoter on this podcast. I try not to say anything negative about people on the podcast or, or restaurants. Certainly, one-on-one, I might someone might be more apt to hear an opinion, but in this case. Um, and I can't say every single thing I've posted on Instagram is disclaimed with this was a media dinner. So I've been guilty of that and I'm going to be a little more cognizant of that. But I also am just, I'm not saying this was the best thing I've ever had. I'm posting a picture of something and saying this is really nice and it is here. That's about it with tagging it. So, And I, and I don't want to seem that I'm, you know, totally perfect, but I, I... I was invited to a media happy hour event. I said, no, I really can't attend these events. Thank you very much. I ended up going to this restaurant the, the same night as that event. I didn't know. I mean, I just simply forgot the date. I showed right. up at the restaurant, and in back was the, this event. I just wanted to say hi. So I went back and said hi, talked to people. And I ended up sitting down with Wendy. Wendy was there. I, so I talked. To, I sat next to Wendy, and we, we chatted. That's Wendy Bumgardner, and, who yeah. has the blog Look of Oregon. And I and they were eating off the happy hour menu, and yep, I didn't have a bite. And it's not because I'm so friggin' pristine. I just I don't know. I felt I I don't know. I just decided I just didn't have a bite off the happy. I had my own things that right. I bought. At and the that's your personal choice. But I also point yeah. out that other than this podcast, I don't know if you to go have ever gone on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and said, this did, I, there was one of the things I, one of the reasons I thought it'd be great to have you on the podcast, because you're not really offering many opinions on your Instagram or your Flickr feed. It's, there's just pictures. 
of what right. it is. So you you kind of judge for yourself. So that's a very different thing. I just think you have you have a philosophy on what you're doing and why you like to do it. And and I, but I thought Michael's point was well taken. It's one thing to show a picture of something and say, you know, this was good, but to you know, harp about it and having been paid to say that, I think that does need to be disclosed by people and I agree with him on that. So um but I don't I guess it would be a gray area, something to think about, maybe something to discuss whether people should mention it at all if they're just posting a picture of something and, and not not suggesting that people eat it. So anyway, I had a really nice um really nice meal at Ludlania. It is fast casual, so you order at the register and sit down. Um, Peruvian food and the fish dishes were really nice. And, you know, for me, Gary and Court, like anything else, um, it's not only the food for me, it's the atmosphere and the experience. So I had a really nice night with Kate. So um, I enjoyed Lelania and Kate, I'd like to go back. Kate, who? Mathers. She's got a oh. PR firm, uh, Play Nice PR. So okay. she also works with Ken's Artisan Pizza or Ken's. I guess all of Ken's restaurants and uh, a few others as well. She's got a, a couple of wineries too. I well, went. I was there too. I went there like the second night. It was you know Adam Warren and Angeline. I think it's Angeline Perla. Right. Together. Very uh, nice couple. I, I, I had three things. I thought it was very straightforward. Um, very early and in, in obviously very early. So you know, <laughs> and I don't think he's. He's not. I mean, it's it's like you said, it's fast casual. Um, there's certain rusticity with, with with the food, and it was it was it was it was fine given that it was the second night or yeah. third night. Yeah, was, and when I went, I think it had been open a little while, and I th- I thought it was very nice. Yeah, it was playing nice, so there yeah. that's good. Um, so another one that I, as long as I'm on the subject, I am happy that uh, you know when it comes to causes, uh, white clam pizza would be a cause of mine. I'd be more apt to you'd be more apt to see me marching in the street to have a good white clam pizza than politically. But, um, but uh, the Crown started out serving the, uh, the put a clam on it, their white clam pizza, on uh, when they first opened and then took it off the menu. And then I think through, there was, I wrote a letter and Karen Brooks had asked Vitaly about that. And so now they're doing a white clam on Friday and Saturdays, uh, which is good. I think that's two nights. I'd love to be able to go in there any day, but um, two nights they've changed the crust a little bit because they give you that wonderful au jus, which they don't even do in New Haven. And this crust is a little more amenable to dipping it and also pouring, or if you choose to pour the au jus on the, on the clam pizza. But it's, you know, it's a New Haven thing, and I really, it's the one thing I missed when I moved out here was, uh, a steady supply of white clam pizzas. I don't know if my doctor would agree with me, but it's not the worst pizza in the world. There's not a lot of cheese on it. So um, so that, and then uh, I was invited to something at Water Avenue Coffee. They're ha- they have some bites that they're serving there with um, their, uh, I guess, all day. And I was invited by, uh, and I believe her name is pronounced Tamara Eden's who's cooking there now. And there were some really, really good small bites there. So there's a little uh, light light eating yeah. option down so there on dinner. Water Avenue. So it's, so it's dinner. No, I mean. it's not dinner. It's like lunchtime and late afternoon, happy okay. hour kind of thing. And they had some arepas there that were really good, and uh, everything was really nice. It's just 
you know, you don't think of water having a coffee for food. So I went there and that was nice. I had, um, this is not new, but I hadn't been in a long time. And I think it was one of the most enjoyable meals I have had in Portland in as long as I can remember, which was the tasting menu at MEC. Um, I went with some friends of mine from out of town and we all did that. And that was just so enjoyable and nice. And uh, really, I would recommend that to anyone. Um, and lastly, my friend at uh, uh, Jeff Rideback, Rideback, uh opened his brick and mortar homegrown smoker, which is, so I guess we can call that new because his food truck burned down. That doesn't exist any longer over on Mississippi. But now he's in St. John's with vegan fare. Not the first thing I would normally be gr- uh, would gravitate towards, but I got to tell you, the sandwiches are fantastic. And if you are not vegan, it doesn't matter. If you are, you're going to get delicious food, but the uh, everything is really juicy and tasty, and I highly recommend um, Homegrown Smoker. So, Gary, that leads us to you. You've been a couple of places. I went to The Crown on Friday night to get the clam pie. I called ahead of time because two weeks before, I even told you about it like the next day, I called on a Friday, and they didn't have it. I think they had it on a Thursday or something like that. It, and so... It, my advice to all of you who want the clam pie, who think this, who think it's going to be available on Friday and Saturday, call ahead of time just to be sure. There's no harm in calling up because I was I was all set. Oh, I'm I'm going to get it. This is like three fires. I'm going to get it on a Friday night. I called up. Oh, sorry, we don't have any. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we had it on Thursday, um, but I, we we had it on Friday. It was like late at night and like eleven thirty, eleven o'clock. They're open. Oh yeah, here's the deal. They're also open to like two thirty in the morning on you know Friday going into Saturday morning and then Saturday going into Sunday morning, and they're open to, I think to one a.m. the rest of the week. Nice. Um, I went with it was like Peter Cho, his brother Marshall, and I were saying, let's get a pizza and let's bring it back for the staff. So that's that's when I suggested Crown. So we ended up going to the Crown and bringing back the the clam pie. And one other pie for the staff, and the clam pie went so quickly. And I did; I was able to get one slice, and it really was very, very good. But probably better if I had it there. Oh, absolutely! Um, Always is. I know, yeah. And and I, but even that, even given that I had it like 20 minutes later, it was still really delicious. So mm-hmm. yes, I love that clam pie. I want it again. And you can. I don't know if they'll do this, but I get them to throw on a little bacon to make it a clam casino. It's gotcha. Fa- it's fantastic. But again, I don't know if that they have that's not on the menu. Okay. Now we're off to one of the new restaurants. The, the, here's the deal. There aren't a lot of new restaurants opening these days, which is Really? Well, yeah, I mean there's Lolina. I mean, you can't think of a lot. I mean, I, I can you think I'll, here, I'll give you I'll give you 5 seconds. Name me three new restaurants in the last month. No, nah, don't month. challenge me on that. Make the brain work. Court, that's yours. You take it. Oh no, I'm <laughs> I'm out automatically. <laughs> That's why I gave it to you. Yeah. It's not easy opening a restaurant, so nothing really open. But I did go to a new. It's not a restaurant, but it's a wine bar mm-hmm. called La Cave. Oh, I've heard of that. It's underneath Aviary. It may take you a little while to find it. There are signs which lead you down down into the basement of the building that houses Aviary. It's the co-owners are Jeff Beer, who used to be the Oh, well, he owns, uh, well, two co-owners, co-owners are Jeff Beer, and, and I think it's the other guy is John House, I believe, and one owns Ovum, the other owns Golden Cluster Winery, 
and they opened this space in the basement of the building that houses aviary, and they serve just uh, wine by the glass, wine by the bottle. I focus mostly on the vermouth. There, are, I don't know how many options there. Are, maybe eight op- eight vermouth options by the glass. Maybe the same number for sherry. Jeff is so knowledgeable. It's just you know, it's like it has a speakeasy vibe. I'd highly recommend it. The hours, the hour, the days they're open are a little bit different. It's they're open. I think it's Thursdays through Mondays. They're closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays as we currently speak. There isn't much in the way of food. I don't think they have a kitchen. I ended up. There are like six, seven, eight options. Mostly just. Um, most of them are conservas, Spanish Spanish conservas, which is food in either a tin or a jar. I I got a tuna tuna belly conserva that was really really delicious from from Spain. It wasn't cheap; it was like fifteen dollars, but it still was pretty good. And so, if you want a really cool hip wine bar and want to, if you if Jeff is always there, if it's open, he'll he'll also if you want to be educated if you. If you want to be educated about wine, don't know much about wine, like I don't. Like I, like I don't know much about wine, so he always helps me with understanding wine, sherry, vermouth. So I wholeheartedly recommend the Cov on Northeast Alberta. Nice. And some of the existing restaurants I've been to, did, did you know Navarre has brunch? Uh, not offhand, no. I wouldn't have known that. It's all open on Saturdays and Sundays. I went on a Saturday at I think it was nine thirty or so, and it was it wasn't crowded. I mean, there was no one there when I got there on a Saturday, and their brunch is not is kind of it's cool. It's not like really any other brunch. Like I had a pork and napa cabbage pate with pea shoots, bok choy, and also I had a bok choy seared with anchovy and mint. I had a tortilla española. I had like three other things. It's, it has, they have dishes that you don't see at other brunch places around Portland. It's very chill, no wait, and it's Navarre. So I'd highly recommend eating brunch at Navarre. I also that used to be my regular, but that was my first, maybe my only regular spot years ago before I discovered there actually was a food scene in Portland. I'd go to uh. Navarre a couple of times a week. I liked it over there. Oh, yeah, John, John and... Giovanna, uh, they're, they've created a nice little mini empire, I guess, Navarre, and then Angel Face, and Luce, and mm-hmm. there's a Navarre in Tokyo, too, um, which most people, not they would not that they would really know about Navarre in Tokyo, not like I would go to Tokyo to eat at Navarre, where I could eat it in Portland, but still, right. it's cool. Um, the, the Return of the Prodigal Son, I won't see much about this di- dinner, but Matt Leitner had a, a special dinner at Longbon a few weeks ago. For those who don't know, Matt Leitner was a chef at Castagna from around 2009 until July of 2011. He left here to conquer New York City, which he pretty much did as the head. He helped, He opened Etera, which in its first year of existence, it, got, it received two Michelin stars which is very impressive. He left Atera, went to open Nine Bark in Napa, 
And because some landlord issues, Nine Bar closed a few months after it opened, maybe six months after it opened. And so Matt is returned for a special dinner in Portland, Oregon, and inside the Long Bond space. So he basically, what well, I thought it was Thai food. Other people say, oh, that wasn't Thai. Well, I kind of thought it was Thai. Curry. Um, roti. So I thought, he, and given that Matt doesn't really have that much experience cooking that type of food, it was an, an, it was an impressive meal. It was nice to see him. We'll see where he lands, what his next step is, and um, who knows where it'll be. But good luck to Matt Leitner, and it was great to see him in Portland and cooking again. I didn't realize that was his story. I had left off at a, a Terra, and then he went to Napa, and I didn't realize that closed. So thanks, yep. thanks for that update. You think you think there's any chance he'll end up back here? Um, sure, there's a chance. There's a chance he could end up anywhere. But I wouldn't if I were placing money on it. You know, New York, San Francisco, Portland. I would bet one of those three places, but. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone from Chicago. This is like baseball and free agency. Is there any chance yep. Portland's going to get him? Maybe. <laughs> there a chance then we getting Lightner than Carmelo Anthony. Well, no, I don't think we have a chance of Carmelo Anthony. Maybe CJ and Damian are doing a good job trying to sway Carmelo to waive his no trade clause. I'd like to see Carmelo in Portland. Mm. He, Does Portland want to see him? I don't know. I'm not yeah, following it enough. So. I would. I'd want to see him. We need somebody. Sure. We need, we need somebody. somebody. Yep. He's excited. I mean, he's a name. Mm-hmm. And he, he's 32 years old. Right. He can still score. He'll average, I don't know, with CJ and Damien, I'm not exactly sure how many shots he'll get. But he'll average, he'd average 22, 23. He's sure. still a good player. That's yeah, something. Yep. I went to, I did a little mini crawl with my friends, Nate Smith and Sarah Ganley. And we did a Gabagool Tamale Boy crawl. And both, I believe, were food carts before they turned into brick and mortar. Yes, that I can confirm. And I really enjoyed both places. Tamale Boy is on Deacom around 17th in northeast Portland. And there's one downtown, too, now, or somewhere. I I don't remember where I saw it. I was walking Russell, downtown. I said there's one another Russell, one. one in Deacom? Maybe. I saw it recently, though. And I, I really enjoyed uh, the experience at Tamale Boy. It's it's, it's is uh, fast casual. Uh, I actually went back again a few weeks after I went with Sarah and Nate. And my favorite dish that I've had so far is the second visit. I had something. It basically is called the naked burrito, where it's a burrito without any tortilla. But it was it was ten bucks, and it fed me for two nights. So it fed me. Have you had the table side uh, guacamole there? No. I know. I've heard. I keep on forgetting to have that. Yeah, and that's I that. I yeah. remember when I was there. Really impressed me. I know. I, I I forgot. You just reminded me. Thanks. I just I I should have had it because I do love guacamole, mm-hmm. and I would have liked to have experienced it. It's close enough so I can. Yeah, uh, it's not far from in. you. Yeah, it's it's right on the bus route too. Right. Uh, Gabagool, um, really super solid pastas, reasonable prices. Fairly large portions in St. John's, an area that there. Well, I know Jeff is there with Homegrown Smoker, and and uh, there's a couple of other places. Uh, there's a taqueria place that everyone talks about in St. John's. There, but there isn't there isn't a, a, a plentiful plentiful options yet in St. John's, and so it's nice to see Gabagool in St. John's, and I had a thoroughly enjoyable time eating pastas there. So. If you're in the neighborhood, go visit 
go visit Gabagool for some pasta. Nice. Two St. John's recommendations on one yep. podcast. I don't think we've had that before. Well, I think that's going to, I do think that's going to be a, a, a growing area. It, the word burgeoning, I guess, is true for all of Portland, but mm-hmm. it's one of the last neighborhoods to get, you know, the Portland effect. Right. I think. Well, also, I think rents are driving people up there and housing yeah. costs. So it's the it's the next area of growth. It's going to see some cool things, I think. I went to, for the first time in, a, in, in, in months, I used to go to Whole Fast Dining every month for the collaboration dinners. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reasons, they just decided to postpone or stop the collaboration dinners. And it had been... Many, many, many months since I'd gone to Whole Fast, so I decided I got to go back to Whole Fast and have ha, just have a meal there. Granted, it was no, it wasn't a collaboration dinner, but that's okay. And I uh, had a thoroughly enjoyable meal at Whole Fast. Uh, Dana Frank is there now uh, doing the wine. That Jeff Veer of Lakav left to open Lakav, and uh, he was replaced by Dana Frank, who left Dame, and. Uh, it's it, uh, unfortunately the weekend weekend I was there. Dana was doing some book stuff. She has a new book coming out with Andrea Slonecker. Slonecker and so Jesse Skiles, who owns Foss Peace, where Whole Fast is housed, he took over the wines that night and just just uh, Jesse did a nice job. I love Jesse. And have you been to Dame since Dana left? Actually, I'll talk about it next month. But yeah, I went like two nights ago. Okay, just curious. And uh, yeah, wow, we're I, teasing next month. That's cool. Actual professional teasing. Right, yeah. Yeah, because I need stuff for next month. No, it's I fine. Don't, I don't see any gotta, really new restaurants. He's got to pace himself. Month. Gary, did, but, you know, new restaurants. I think it's cool just to talk about places that people know about that we've been, um, because it's not all about the new, I think. Yeah. I've been down I, on the new lately. I'm just about, like, we have so many oh, good places. What? I've... I, um. I've had on a, kind of like an off subject, and most of the listeners won't really care. But I love staff meals. I, I'm thoroughly infatuated with, with family meals and staff meals. Um, and in the last month, I've had some really amazing ones. Like I said, this, most people won't care, but it's amazing what can, what is what is being done in some of these kitchens outside of the normal food that the public gets. And, may, and it's kind of like quote-unquote insider stuff. Yeah, and a lot of times it's the, it's, the guy, it's the people in the kitchen who haven't really had the opportunity to strut their stuff, so they can right. for their own staff. And it's a way after service or before service for the team to get together and to chat and to connect, to do business in a kind of a uh, quiet setting, eating really good food, and not a girl, I, I took some staff, I, I bought some, uh, some things out of Kanto, talk, took it over to Notoguro, and um, and then they had some leftovers from their dinner, and I was chowing down on some leftovers that were fantastic. Um, they, they ate the Italian food I brought, and I ate their leftovers, which included like A5, a, little, a couple of bites of A5 Wagyu, and some black cod with miso that was truly... Amazing. So. Well, that's nice that you have those relationships that you can do that. Not everybody can. I've always thought there's a little business idea there. 
But but I I would think most restaurants want to keep staff meals staff meals. That's their right. Thing. Right. That's, that's the reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is there is there not serving customers? Right. right. But I mean, you know, for anyway. Kudos to Greg Zanotti, who used to be the chef at Mousselet. Before that, he was the sous chef at Castagna. He, he then he left Castagna to go to Mousselet. Then left. Then after Mousselet closed, he went back to Castagna. And it's nice to see Greg at Castagna again. Um, he's just a really talented chef. He was came from L.A. working for Jordan Connaught Red Medicine, where he was Jordan's number two, and he made some fantastic chicken Thai curry. I had like four helpings at like midnight or one in the morning from his staff meals. Greg, kudos, love you, brother. Nice. Uh, and uh, went to Beast last month. That's not a normal spot for you. Uh, I went a couple times last year when Jake Stevens was there. Mm-hmm. He was a chef de cuisine. Uh, for about a year and a half or so, then Jake uh, uh, is follows his wife to follow, help her with her educational goals. So J- Jake, I think, pretty much has left Portland, and Lucian Prelwitz, formerly of Ned Ludd, has taken over as all right the CDC. Yes, and he did a really nice job with like there was a roasted cinnamon breast that was that was really really tasty. Nice job, Lucian, and he did a barley risotto. Wait, oh. No, oh, no, it was yeah. It was, the barley risotto came with the Sonoma duck breast. So um, then he still has his uh, pasta courses still on the menu at Beast, which was what something Jake had implemented. But ultimately, it's, it's, it's Naomi's restaurant, and her influence can still be felt. But miss her on you know there at night. Is she but not there anymore? Is she not there? You just happen to go on a night. No, oh, I don't. I, I, the last couple of times I've not seen her. She's she's got a flower shop now, so that's oh, that's, that's right. That's taking a lot of her time. That's right. And I went to. I just recently last week went to Expatriate, which I generally, if I have a friend in from out of town, I like to go there and uh, and had some great cocktails and ordered the um, the James Beard butter and onion sandwich. For uh-huh. my friend from Fargo, North Dakota, and he was floored. He loved it. Something so simple with some great cocktails. Um, it was really good. I think we and had the nachos. Yeah. Nachos there are fantastic. Yeah, but we, it was pre Urdaneta PFA, so we could only eat. I just laid down that little base of a sandwich, and that was it. Which, by the way, Urdaneta, still one of my favorite restaurants at the moment in Portland. They did a fantastic job with our event. I was there like a week and a half ago, and Javier, it was Javier's day off, but JL was there, and uh, hospitality, of course, was was totally on point. We totally enjoyed our meal there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the nicest Corn spots. Dog. So I just I looked up, while you were saying that, the cocktails we had, which were so good, were the High Window and Fever Dream and Expatriate. So, um, and it was Adam's, it was one of Adam's last... Uh, Last night's, well, he's, right. it's going to be one of his last nights. Adam Robinson will be joining us uh, shortly after this podcast, I believe, if not before, but uh, right after he's going to London to participate in a cocktail contest, and we're going to have Adam Robinson on the podcast shortly. So stay tuned for that. Two teasers in one podcast. Wow. One of my favorite people, Adam Robinson. Yeah, and he's talented too. 
I'm the one who suggested that. Thank you. Oh, I give go. you yes, thanks, Gary. There we go. I appreciate it. And it, I, uh, and Adam I, brought it to my attention. Gary said I should be on the podcast. I said yes, <laughs> you, yes, you should. So I pulled out my phone and said I got an opening right here, and we went for it. So I love Adam. So yeah. it'll be it'll be a fun podcast. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. All right, Gary. Th- do you have any more? Or are you done? Uh, cocaine full service lunch. Three dollar bologna sandwiches at Cocaine. I also have chicken salad, potato salad. Go to Cocaine for lunch. It's, it's you won't have. It, it's not. It's not nearly. So far, it's not nearly as crowded as dinner. So lunch at Cocaine. Karen Brooks wrote about meals delectables recently. I went for the first time to her stall at Portland State University Farmers Market on Saturday. I got like six different tarts, fruit tarts. Focus on the fresh fruit tarts. Fresh fruit tarts. Meals Delectables, PSU Farmer's Market on Saturday. Cam wrote about it, spoke highly of it. I gave it a try, and I agree that the, those tarts are, are spot on. So, Very nice. Yep. Makes me, think of, makes me think of Maurice. I haven't been to Maurice in a long time. I have to I, get over there. I actually, was, <laughs> I actually was there within the last month. I didn't, sorry, Christian, I didn't talk about it, but I, I um, again, the boys, the NS at Brioche, my favorite pastry in portland she was doing boysenberry that day anisette brioche maurice my favorite pastry in portland wow and i'd like to have Kristen on the podcast sometime um after i have she's always bit we generally record on mondays and that's not a day she's been able to make it so we're going to try to find a spot we're moving days around to accommodate uh certain people so we'll do that and one other thing i just want to mention i went yesterday out to the oh Pecadilla out at uh, in Neatarts at Nevor uh, Oyster Farms with Maylene from Olympia Oyster Bar, and she put on a really nice seafood dinner out there. It was a real pleasure, and it happened to be a beautiful day. And I saw my friends Natalia Toral and also Eric from Pono Brewing. His brew, his beer was fantastic too. And I, I'd also like to thank for I, I'll thank for. Think for both of us, Chris, regarding Jennifer Anderson uh, and Portland Tribune for their entree section, which just came out on Friday, uh, Thursday. I'm sorry, Thursday last week. Um, thank you, Jennifer Anderson, and and that Portland was my Tribune. suggestion, dude. Yes. So that yes. that that makes up for the or uh, that cancel yes. not cancels, but we're both suggesting. So yes, Jennifer yes. Anderson and Portland Tribune. She did a nice. Article about you and uh, and your appearances here, and she and you were also in it as you have been in recent years. Entree section of the Portland Tribune. <laughs> I have to go look at that. I did. I forgot that was a long time ago that we. I know that May, we submitted April. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'll go look. I forgot. So thank you. You're so Portland Tribune, Gary Food Podcast PDX again next month here, and also listen to Gary's uh, Bay Area update. It's pretty cool. That uh, was released a couple of weeks ago. Thank you, and um, see you next month. Okay. Have a good month. I'll be there. Yeah, keep keep on eating your way through the city. Thank you. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupans. Unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. 
Ristretto Roasters. With five locations throughout Portland, Ristretto Roasters offers some of the finest locally roasted coffee in the city with gorgeous environments and service with big smiles. Let Ristretto make your day better with a cup or two of great coffee or beans to go. And by Portland Food Adventures. Imagine eating your way through Barcelona with Atala's Jose Chesa. Join right at the Fork host Chris Angeles in Europe this fall. Get more information under the blog tab at portlandfoodadventures.com where you can contact Chris directly. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.